Awesome. Can you hear me? Are we good? Am I connected? Sweet. Awesome. Well, good morning. My name is Ken. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, today I get the privilege of uh, opening God's Word with you. And so uh, just a few, uh, well, it was probably a month and a half ago, just shortly after I arrived, uh, Pastor Dave came up to me and said, hey, uh, we have, uh, we're going to start this sermon series called Bedrock, and we're going to focus on um, what matters most when we're building our mission. And then uh, we move into the Advent season, and there's this week, there's just this weird week uh, where there's it's kind of nothing. Um, and so it's Thanksgiving week. Would you mind preaching? And I said, sure, what's the passage? And he says, whatever you want. And I said, well, that's interesting. This could be really good. <laughs> or not. <laughs> and so, oh, man, it just, well, I was praying about it, and I was thinking, man, what, God, what do you really want us, what do you really want us to hear um, today? And uh, I thought, man, there's a lot of, of pain in our lives. There's a lot of evil in this world. There's a lot of suffering and I think there's a, a lot of times maybe we are, we're not honest with ourselves. We just kind of deal with it and roll on with life. And when people ask us the, hey, how's it going? And you just, what do you say? I'm doing good. I'm all right. Things are going well. But are they really? Are they really? With as many people in this room today, I can't imagine that there is somebody in this room that hasn't experienced some sort of pain, some sort of suffering in this last week, in this last month, in this last year. This is a personal topic. It comes with all kinds of baggage. Um, and so I don't, I don't want to take this lightly, but I want to kind of shed light because I think culture has kind of um, taught us, taught um, people around us that pain and suffering, if it exists, then how in the world could there be a God? Maybe you've heard that. Maybe you've been asked that. Maybe you have asked that yourself. I know I have. Pain, pain really does something to your, your core. It's powerful. In fact, we kind of define our identities on our past and our experiences. And it shapes our faith. You can go on the rest of your life with hope, or without it, and either way, it's not easy, is it? I remember when I first started coming uh, to this church, uh, my friends in high school, passionate about uh, me meeting Jesus, uh, passionate about me learning and growing in my faith, and they said this, I'll never forget it. They said, Kenny, it's, it's not going to be easy. It doesn't make life better. In fact, it probably gets harder. 
And I thought, well, that's a great commercial for Christianity, isn't it? Uh, like, awesome. Sign me up. But there's great hope, and I think, I think we need to reclaim the gospel in our community. I think that, that we need to preach and teach better. Because right now, society has claimed that. Society teaches us that, that there's, no, there's no way God could exist if there's evil, pain, and suffering. There's no way. And if he does, well, then he's cruel and unjust and evil. Does that sound like the God of the Bible? No. And so, and so I think Bible literacy is important here. If we're going to have conversations with unbelievers out in the community, if we're going to be sharing the gospel, then we need to know what the Bible says about pain and suffering. Maybe this is a message for us. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're going through the motions and wondering, is this ever going to end? C.S. Lewis said this, Is God a cosmic sadist? Does he take pleasure in watching people suffer? I think a lot of times people wonder that. What do you think? In, in the worst time of your life, at your lowest point, when it hurt the most and you just couldn't see another way out, did you ever think for a second? Did you have the slightest doubt? Did you ever wonder, maybe, maybe God doesn't care? Maybe, maybe he's just not there. And so, let's open the Bible. Let's go, go ahead and put your uh, finger in Genesis 3. That's where we're going to be. But I, I kind of want to unpack what's happening here. This is a crazy. We're going to go from this end of the Bible to this end of the Bible in about 15 minutes. How about it? Let's do this. So, in the beginning, God creates... Okay, we're going we're gonna to look at the goodness of God here, okay? Uh, because this is truth, friends. God is not evil. He's not a sadist. This is a, a good God that cares and loves about you, amen? In the beginning, God creates. He creates the heavens and the earth. He creates lights and sky and land and water and plants, vegetables, and fruits, and moon, and sun, and stars, and animals. And he says, what? It is good, friends. It is good. And then he creates man in his own image. You and me. And he says that it is good. It is good. We continue on. Chapter 2, we're building up. He puts, he puts the man in, in a garden, 
In the east, remember, everything is good. It's perfect. And he says, There's, I've given you all of these things to eat. And he sets boundaries. Why? Friends, a parent does this with a child, true? That's because they love them, not because they hate them or want them to experience pain. And so he says, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must eat from, or you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and what? From the knowledge of good and evil. I love this because he goes, he, he kind of turns it here and he says, he, he, he sets the boundary and then he says, it is good. It is not good. Sorry. So everything's good right now, right? Everything's good. And we see the word evil. And all of a sudden he says, it is not good for man to be alone. Can I get an amen from the dudes? <laughs> awesome. Let's do this. So he names, he goes through, he names all the animals. And it's like, it's not working out. Cats? Really? Um, no. Let's, let's. I love this because he creates woman and he says, this is very good. To which I say, Amen. Um, where's my wife? <laughs> awesome. So th- this gets interesting. The-, the story goes on, right? The story goes on. So we pick up our story in chapter 3. Okay. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You see what he, what he does there? He says, any tree in the garden? Well, no, he didn't say that, right? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And I think, um, man, over the centuries, we've kind of concluded that evil has something to do with the apple and a tree. And... There's truth that gets lost in this. There's truth that gets lost in this because we're so caught up on the apple, right? And we're so caught up with, well, well uh, Eve is the one that uh, sinned. She was deceived, right? Well, it says here that, uh, it says here that Adam was with her. With her. She didn't go home take the fruit, slice it up, put it in a salad, and say, hey, taste some of this. It's really good. No, he was with her. And so we see here that something is not right. All of a sudden, guys, no children, no laundry. Life is good. And there's consequences all of a sudden. Now there's shame. Now, is this true in your life, that, that when you experience pain, when you, when you uh, sin... There's this shame that comes over you. With shame comes guilt. And in that, we isolate ourselves, right? God created us for community. He says it's not good for man to be alone. And he walked with us in the garden. And we hid from him. He says, where are you? God is pursuing you. And and you're hiding in your shame, in your guilt. You see, God is trying to protect you. He's not trying to micromanage your life. 
He cares about you. He loves you. He says, I don't want you to experience pain and suffering. That's what the boundary is for. Nemo, I don't want you to burn your hand. Don't touch the stove. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> we'll see where that goes. But God is good, true? God creates. It's all good. And then man breaks relationship. Man breaks relationship. Do You see, the responsibility is on us. God creates it. And he takes pleasure and delight in it. And it's pure and it's good. And then he says to man, take over. Rule over. Take responsibility. And friends, we didn't. And we don't. Even today. Even today. You'll, you'll, know that, you'll notice that when, when you experience pain and suffering, and this is where it gets heavy, <laughs> because we each have our own stories, don't we? We're each broken, and our stories are unique, and, and so you say, well, you just don't understand, Pastor Ken. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've experienced. You don't know what I've gone through. Which is, which is the beauty of the cross. Amen? You're right. Maybe I don't get it. Maybe I don't understand, but I know a God who does. One of the other lies, one of the other teachings in this world is that, that uh, if you do believe in God, well, he's distant. He's just some old man who created the earth and he kind of walked away from it. And so evil and pain and suffering rule. Satan rules. And so God is distant. And so I, I love this. Today is uh, Christ the King Sunday. And next week we start uh, the, the season of Advent. The greatest story ever told. God isn't distant. God is here. He's with you. And he does care. He, he comes to earth. He comes, the creator comes to the creation only to die for it and by it. This is divine love, friends. This is not terror. This is not evil. This is not hate as the world kind of depicts the character of God. The deepest of all theology and scripture is that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen? Sin is ugly. And and uh, over the past few years, as I've had a privilege of, of ministering to students, I've experienced a lot of pain and suffering. Students whose parents um, hate each other. Parents who don't live together, who can't stand the side of each other. Parents who would rather spend their money on drugs than on their children, spending time with their children. This is not uncommon. And people have to live with this. In fact, right now, there are hurting people in this room. There are hurting people outside of those doors, and they need to hear 
They need to know that God is good and that he died to redeem this pain and suffering in this world. And it comes to an end. I love this. Uh, Jessica, my wife, and uh, her family, they got, me, they got me caught up in this TV show, uh, 24, maybe you've heard of it, um, where this guy, this agent, a uh, counter-terrorist agent, he's pretty much impossible to, to kill. Uh, he just finds his way out of everything. His, his name is Jack Bauer. And so Jack has a speed dial connection to the president, you know, like you do. Um, and uh, he can, he can def- I mean, he can conquer the world in 24 hours, okay? And at first, it was kind of just corny to me. And I thought, this is the worst TV show ever. But I got hooked, friends. I got hooked. And if you watch it, you will get hooked. And it is, it's crazy, and it's intense, and it boils your blood, and you wonder, what's going to happen next? Is he going to make it? And, and by this time, there were probably three or four seasons into the show, and I'm sitting here watching the first one on DVD, and I'm wondering if he's going to make it. <laughs> it does that to you, right? It's so intense. And friends, pain is intense. Suffering is intense. And you wonder, is it ever going to end? I tell you that story because it's interesting when you know the end of the story, true? When you know what's coming. And so turn with me to Revelation 21. We're going to go to the end. We're going to cheat. How many of you guys do this when you're reading books? Don't do it. Don't do it. This time we're going to do it, okay? That's fine. That's fine. Revelation 21. This is, this is John, the gospel writer. And he says... Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I love this imagery. And I heard a loud voice from this throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. Does that remind you of something? There will be... His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4 He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order of things has passed away. You see, when we sinned, friends, when the fall of man, when, when Adam and Eve chose to sin, they chose to suffer, and it goes throughout all of the generations. And so it's in our blood. And so it creates this need for a Savior, right? We can't go through that alone. We can't go through life alone. Jesus comes and he experiences pain and suffering firsthand. The creator of the universe, the creator of it all, humbly comes to earth 
lives a sinless life and dies as an innocent man for you and for me. We deserve that cross. We deserve that death. We deserve the nails. We deserve the, the, the thorns. We deserve the spit and the fist in the face. We deserve hell. It's that serious, isn't it? And Jesus says, no. No, turn to Isaiah 53. Start the last couple verses of uh, chapter 52. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted, just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man, and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him, for they were not told they will see, and what they have not heard they will understand. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him is that... Is that something that you hear from culture today in the media? Absolutely not. No, you have to look this way. You have to be this way. And friends, that enough causes pain and suffering. (laughs) I'm not good enough. It's not true. God created you, and he said it was good. He delights in you. He takes pleasure in you. All of you. He goes on. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. God is familiar with suffering. He's not distant. He's not evil. He cares and he loves you. I heard a story once of a barber and a man getting his hair cut and uh, they were had conversation like you do with your barber, right? And uh, they ended up talking about God, and, and the barber says, well, I don't really believe in God. Uh, if there was a God, then why is there pain and suffering in the world? And, and the guy's getting his hair cut, and he's like, okay, that's kind of intense. Uh, I'm just going to shut up now. And uh, he walks out of the barber shop, and he sees a man across the street, dirty, long hair, long beard, not because of No Shave November, but because this man was homeless. He had no resources. And so he thought to himself and went back into the barber shop. And he goes to the barber and he says, You know what? Barbers don't exist. And the barber's like, You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm a barber. I just cut your hair. Barbers exist. True? <laughs> and he says, Well, If barbers existed, then why is there a man across the street with long hair and a long beard, unclean? Friends, it's 
the barber, the barber responds, well, it's, it's not that barbers don't exist. It's that that man doesn't come to me to get his hair cut. And the same is true for us. The same is true for us. It's not that you won't experience pain and suffering. It's, it's that you're not alone and that there's hope and that you can trust God. You can trust somebody who can relate to you, true? No one suffered more than Christ. No one. And you might think, well, I've heard of stories of people getting beaten, but I want to I know of a man that has, has carried the burden of everyone's sin. We'll end with this. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in what? In our sufferings. Because we know that our suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. There is hope. Revelation 21, no more tears, no more pain, no more death. That day is coming, and we can rejoice in that. Amen? As the artists come, I just want to invite you to prayer. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what kind of pain or suffering you're going through. Maybe you maybe you've been following Christ for a long time and it hasn't been easy. Maybe your flames withering or maybe it's burning bright, I don't know. Some of you in this room though you're like I want to believe, God. I want to believe. Help me with my doubt. Friends, this is the truth about pain, evil, and suffering. It always goes back to the character of God and the cross of Jesus Christ. Always. Because he loves you. Because he's good. Something is wrong in this world. You're absolutely right. We experience it all the time. We have two choices in our response. We have two choices. You can praise God or you can blame God. If you're struggling right now, I invite you to the altar. There are times when I need to repent. When I choose to sin, I choose to suffer. And in that sin, maybe it's private. Maybe it's something personal, but someone's suffering because of it. True? Whether it's your family or your friends, somebody suffers.
and you're putting them in a position where they either blame God or they blame you. And there's another choice. We can love each other. We can go back to the way that God had intended for us to interact and to live. Or we can continue on with life without hope and despair and fear and doubt that maybe someday the government will change. Maybe we'll elect the right person into office. It's not true, friends. The hope is in Jesus Christ alone. So I want to invite you to prayer. Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity to just open your word and to, to speak truth. Truth that I need to hear regularly. For my friends in this room who are struggling, who have doubt, who worry about what this world is coming to. May they know peace and hope that can only come from you. May they look ahead. May they turn right when evil is left. May they trust in you. Thank you for sending your son, your own son, to die on our behalf. I can't imagine the pain and suffering that you experienced for me. I'm so grateful. And I can't wait until that day when it all goes away and there is nothing but me and you and a huge party. For your honor and for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.